Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long. See Sparky Pfeiffer here, 1250 AM. The fan, Ryan Horvath, there. Bet MGM tonight. And away we go live on Twitter right now. Don't forget, you can always download uh, Curd and Long. We do broadcast Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, normally, the uh, actual full podcast is up by about 5 o'clock Central Time each one of those days. Cuts are up the next morning. So, again, always a good way to do that. And if we do these on Twitter live, you can always go back uh, and check at Sparky Radio where the links are or Ryan Horvat. He retweets them uh, as well and watch these videos uh, in your spare time there, too. Now, uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about Packers-Cowboys. Uh, first topic on the docket, who's this game bigger for? Rodgers or Mike McCarthy, Ryan Horvat? Man, what a great question to start things off here. I would say, I mean, man, for the season, you'd have to say Aaron Rodgers because it doesn't look very good right now at three and six. But luckily for the Packers, they are in the NFC, right? And the NFC is a disaster other than the Philadelphia Eagles, who really haven't played anybody. But then, you know, you look at the clips from this week, man. And McCarthy at the podium, nearly in tears, talking about, you know, he's had the birth of his kids in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He's had so many great memories. He won a Super Bowl. This is a tough one. I'm actually going to say Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to stick with Aaron Rodgers, man, because this season has been a disaster. Imagine how embarrassing it'll be to lose to Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys at Lambeau Field, you know, because – it was the war between the two of them. One of them had to go. McCarthy goes. And then look at how the media and everybody treated Mike McCarthy. You know, he was out of football for a year. They did that NFL Network special. He was in tears. And even that first year in Dallas, look at that playoff loss. He was crucified after that loss. And rightfully so, because there was some terrible play calling in the second half of that game. But people consider Mike McCarthy a terrible NFL head coach, even though he is a Super Bowl winner. You know, and people say, well, Aaron Rodgers should have three, four Super Bowl rings if it wasn't for Mike McCarthy. So I think this is actually actually a big game for McCarthy but man I'm gonna go with Rodgers just because of the way that this season has unfolded so far three and six now you lose to the Cowboys and McCarthy that's even more embarrassing he's gonna have to do McAfee on Tuesday because he's still doing that show so I'll go with the slight edge for Rodgers but man this is a big game for both I'll say this I uh I I like McCarthy's way of going about this talking about how he's hoping for a positive reaction when he's at Lambeau uh, and uh, kudos to the media members and podcasters and bloggers, everybody also putting out there that McCarthy should get a positive reaction. Everybody trying to make this thing a reality. So he doesn't get booed off the field when he walks out there because when he left, uh, he was not, uh, you know, well-liked, I guess, by Packer fans who were ready to move on from McCarthy, who blamed McCarthy for not getting to another Super Bowl more than they blamed Rodgers and that this was all McCarthy's fault. So now McCarthy comes back. The difference, I think, here is, and we talked about it earlier in the week, you've already heard players on that Cowboys team talking about wanting to win this one for McCarthy. I mean, they they're coming in fired up, trying to stick it to the Packers for letting McCarthy go. This is their coach. They're going to play hard for him because they know a lot of his friends are going to be there and so forth that, you know, he knew for years that still live in Green Bay that he's missed, I'm sure, quite a bit and seeing all that. And they want to put on a good show. The Packers, it's different. They're, they're in desperation mode. I mean, they're in – you know, must win mode. They're in like, we can't, this losing streak has to stop here at some point. I mean, we get to six. I mean, when does this thing end and who better to do it against than a former coach McCarthy? The problem is how many guys on this team are left from that McCarthy regime uh, to begin with, to get all fired up to play their old coach, Mike McCarthy. 
And Rodgers doesn't have the weapons necessarily, a wide receiver, to really go do anything about this one way or the other. Uh, So for me, I think this game is bigger for McCarthy because if McCarthy loses this game at Lambeau to a team on a five-game losing streak with literally nobody at wide receiver, I mean, Alan Lazard is nice, okay, Uh, but there is no stud at wide receiver. There's no C.D. Lamb uh, on this team uh, to deal with at this point. If you lose this game, oh, uh, Cowboys fans are going to lose their minds. Like you're expected to go in and win this game. Nobody right now, Ryan Horvath, is fearing going to Lambo to play the Packers. Nobody. No, nobody is, and especially when we look at that injury report for today, and we hear Matt Lafleur say he doesn't expect Eric Stokes to be back now for the remainder of the season. So there goes one of your better DBs. So I know you know it's a little bit of a sophomore slump for Stokes, but still, you lose one of your better corners. Obviously, Rashawn Gary, the one guy that you trust on the defensive side of the ball, six sacks already this season. He's done for the season, and on paper, man, this is a terrible matchup. So I completely agree. I mean, Cowboys fans will be they'll they'll be irate. You lose this game on the road, and you look at the it's a nightmare matchup for Green Bay. Dallas can run the ball with multiple backs, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. The Packers are dead last against the run in DVOA. It's a terrible matchup, so you make a good point. And it probably is bigger for McCarthy because of the way that we've been treated, the way that he's been treated, you know, by the national and the local media. And uh, he's proved this year, man. I mean, say what you want about the guy. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but his guys buy into it. And you heard that, you know, there were some quotes in that locker room all week long about how we want to punish the Green Bay Packers. We want want to go out and win this one for Mike. So these guys are buying into what he's selling in that locker room. If you uh, if you go to church and you're one of those people that, that go to church or kneel at your bed and you pray at night and all of that, if you do that, you may want to say one of those prayers that Rodgers gets out of this game. I'm just saying you, you may just want to send up a prayer for Aaron's That's- health. That's the other thing, man. That pass rush, Micah Parsons, this is one of the better pass rushes in the league. I think we might see Aaron Rodgers throw the ball away a lot and make some business decisions on Sunday night, man, because these receivers just aren't creating any any separation. Like you said, nobody's getting open down the field. So Rodgers is getting rid of the ball at the third uh, quickest rate in the National Football League. That might be even quicker come Sunday night when he has Mark, Micah Parsons breathing down his neck. Yeah, 325 kick on that one. Here is topic number two, which long-term injury will hurt this team the most. Is it Stokes or is it Romeo Dubs uh, at, at wide receiver? Now, he's four to six weeks. They haven't ruled him out for the rest of the year, but this thing could be done. Uh, by the time he's eligible to get back. And if this thing is done by the time he's eligible to get back, do you really even bother bringing him back or just leave him out uh, until next year? That They'll have to make that decision. But either way, four to six weeks is a long time for a team on a five-game losing streak uh, and on the brink of really screwing themselves from not being able to go to the postseason. And Stokes, as you mentioned earlier today, Matt LaFleur saying more than likely he won't play again the rest of the year. So a corner and a wide receiver. And you also have to consider the depth at both of those positions – uh, and the strength of both sides of the ball. What do you say, Ryan Horvath? You know, this is a tough one because the defense has been very overhyped, very overrated, but the defense is actually solid against the pass. They're a top 10 unit, you know, in the secondary against the pass, but the problem is they can't stop the run. So I'm going to go with Romeo here because the problem with him, man, he has all the talent in the world. It's a confidence thing. You saw that the last couple of weeks, you know, if he drops a pass or if he runs a wrong route, he puts his head down and he doesn't have a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers to go over to him, put his arm around him and say, Hey man, you know, we're going to figure this thing out. I'll go back to you. So I'm going to go with Dobbs though, just because look at the depth in that wide receiver room. I mean, Sammy Watkins, 
is a shell of himself. And how, how, you know, how many more games do we have of Sammy Watkins before he gets injured again? Randall Cobb, we don't know when he's even going to be available to come back. Alan Lazard is your best wide receiver, and he's playing one-armed right now. He has a right. shoulder injury, man, you know? And then Christian Watson, he can't stay healthy for an entire four quarters of a football game. So I'm going to go with Dobbs, actually, because there's no depth in that wide receiver room. You didn't make a deal at the deadline. You're not signing anybody off the street. Stokes will be missed, but you could just move Rasul Douglas back to his natural position. You still have Jair Alexander, and I know he's a safety, and I know he can't cover anybody, but you did go out and you bring in Jonathan Abrams so you could move around Darnell Savage a little bit. Uh, I'll go with Dobbs here just because of the wide receiver room depth. I, I, I don't buy this Jonathan Abrams stuff. He's been God no, awful. Either. He's been it's God terrible. awful. Now, now again, the main reason why they signed him, I think, was because he played special teams for Bazaccia, and they know each other, right? So that that makes sense of why they would bring him in to add to their special teams unit. But at this point, special teams are irrelevant if you can't get this offense figured out at the end of the day. I, I think it's going to be a bigger deal. It's going to be Stokes. Because like you said, they aren't playing well at wide receiver either way. So that really doesn't matter. This Packers defense in spurts has looked pretty good and has has done their job from time to time throughout the year. Yes, Stokes isn't the same player as he was last year. Totally agree. Kenny Clark's not the same player he was last year either. Uh, Campbell isn't the same player as he was last year. I don't think he's going to play this week either. That's going to be another problem trying to stop the ground game if Devondre Campbell's not playing. Uh, But either way, so between those two, they made the conscious decision to shore up special teams this offseason at the expense of the depth at certain positions on this team. One of those positions was cornerback. Instead of signing veteran corners that can play, they sign corners that are better special teams players than they are corners. You know, And we'll see how these guys all play now when given the opportunity. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe they slot Abrams in and Savage comes in and he plays a little bit more. Maybe that's the, the decision that they make at the end of the day. But until I see them actually be effective, uh, yeah. I don't like what's behind Alexander, uh, and uh, Douglas at this point. I'm just not a fan of the depth at all. Uh, and that's what scares me. Whether Romeo plays or not, the wide receiving core still stinks. Uh, and yeah. that's not really going to change anything. These corners, you know, those three, I think, did more than well enough doing what they were doing for most of the year. And now you're going to have a hole there. And we'll see if somebody can fill that hole uh, at that cornerback position or they move guys around in order to, to make it work. So I, I guess I'm on the opposite side of where you are, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, fair. I mean, both huge losses. You brought up Campbell. That's a huge loss. Obviously, he's got the green dot. That's the guy that's getting everybody set on the defensive side of the ball. That's a huge loss, especially when you consider the fact that who's going to take over that role now because Quay's only a rookie. And at this point, man, he's kind of only a one-trick pony. Um and it's just these injuries are starting to pile up. Now we're going to find out a lot about this team because when these injuries do start to pile up like this, we're going to find out who still wants to play football, you know, who's who's going to quit on this team because we see this with bad teams every single year, man, and the Packers are a bad team right now. You know, like I have them power rated in uh, the bottom 10, the bottom 10 of the league. This is a bad football team. Like they're power rated right next to the Jags right now. In fact, the Jags are slightly better than the Green Bay Packers. So both are going to be significant it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do against Dallas, man. Okay, let's talk about that game a little bit more since uh, you brought it up. How did the Packers beat the Cowboys on Sunday? 
Nice, easy, simple. I'm sure Matt LaFleur has the same answers in front of him that you're going to give us, Ryan Horvath. So how do they get this done? Because I feel like you're far more confident about this than I am. I was super confident about killing the Lions. You were not. You said you thought the Lions could win. And you were right. I was wrong. So hopefully it'll go the same way this time. I don't know what you're going to predict. That'll be next segment. But how do the Packers beat the Cowboys on Sunday? 325 kick. Well, they're going to have to they're going to have to be able to run the football in this game. And it's going to have to be Aaron Rodgers under center and there's going to have to be and I know we're waiting to find out if he's even going to be a 100% full go, but it looks like Aaron Jones is going to play in this yeah. game. And I know he's banged up. He still needs 15 to 18 carries in this game. You have to use AJ Dillon. You have to get a little the, the play calling hat. You got to go back to the Matt LaFleur offense, man. We're going to have to see some motion. You're going to have to get creative because you're not going to be able to go out there, drop Aaron Rodgers back 28 oh. to two times in this game and let that Dallas pass rush tee off on him. And also that Dallas secondary, man, they're playmakers. Rodgers threw three picks last week against the Detroit Lions, the worst secondary in the league. Now you got Trayvon Diggs and those guys on the other side of the ball. Micah Parsons, I keep saying this, Sparky, I think he should be the MVP of the league. I know Agreed. it's a back league. I'm I know it's Josh Allen or Mahomes. You know, like when you're watching football as a kid and like your dad or your uncle, somebody's like, just watch this guy on the defensive side of the ball. And you're yeah. like, I'm going to watch the quarterback or the wide receiver, not Lawrence Taylor. I love watching Micah Parsons. The guy's just a complete game wrecker, man. He's in on every single play. And I don't know who the hell is going to block him. So they're going to have to get creative with the play calling, with the offensive line. The defense is going to have to show up. I don't it's a terrible matchup like it's like I'm, I'm gonna tell you they have to stop the run they're not going to stop the run they couldn't stop the run against the Giants or the Jets Brees Hall or Saquon Barkley I don't know that they're gonna do that against Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard we have to hope that McCarthy goes back to the old McCarthy maybe we see 18 20 carries for Zeke and not a whole lot of Tony Pollard but they've figured out you know He's the best option they have on that team. Also, Dallas is getting healthier, man. Michael Gallup came back at the wide receiver position a couple weeks ago. They have CeeDee Lamb. They just have better weapons. You're going to have to take the football away twice. You need a turnover or two, and Dak is prone to serving up a couple. Maybe you get a fumble. It's, it's, I don't know how. I, I really don't know how, but they're going to have to run the football. I can tell you that. And they're going to have to eat the clock, keep Dak and the Dallas offense on the sidelines. Wednesday, we recorded our podcast before Aaron Rodgers talked. And we read the quote out of the Green Bay Press-Gazette about how this is not what Matt LaFleur is wanting to run. This is definitely Rodgers. And the executive in that piece, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, gave examples of why this was not a Matt LaFleur offense, like Shanahan runs or whatever else. Yeah. So then it gets brought up at Rogers press conference after we recorded Kurt and long and so forth. And Rogers, I don't have the exact quote in for me, pr- pretty much said that they are running LaFleur's offense more by the book this year than they have had in previous years. That's actually the quote. Yeah. That's the exact quote. Yeah. Now, now tell me this. Really? So Matt LaFleur took this job. And when he took this job, he said, we're going to run a lot of shotgun, We're going to spread them out. We're going to hand off from the shotgun a lot. And that's how we're going to base this offense. That's what we thought was going to happen. We mean, because I, I I was completely wrong on what I thought Shanahan and LaFleur's offense looked like. Cause what I'm watching is not what I envisioned when he got here, because if this is what it is, then you are going to need a damn good quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers going forward. If this is what Matt LaFleur's offense is going to be moving forward without Aaron Rodgers, if this is the book, you can throw it out because they're not going to win with this book if the next quarterback is has to do what they're expecting Rodgers to do right now, especially with this wide receiver core. 
No, you go back, man, and you watch the offense year one. And remember, Rodgers didn't have a great year. Hell, they drafted Jordan Love after year yep. one. That was the Matt LaFleur offense. There was a lot of pre-snap motion. They would use – I mean, I mean, you know, and the other thing is there's really not a gadget guy. I guess who? Amari Rodgers? But now, I mean, he's wide receiver two, wide receiver three when you're running some of these sets from, you know, 11 personnel. But they don't have that, like – Tyler Irving guy to just be the jet motion guy. This is not the Matt LaFleur offense. This is the Mike McCarthy 2017, 2018. Rodgers is just doing whatever he wants type offense. This is obviously not the Matt LaFleur offense. So no. And I think they need to go back to that. And I think Aaron Rodgers needs to understand that either, either you go back to that or you finish the season three and 14 and you're picking first or second in the NFL draft or you're hurt. Or, or, or they're shutting you down. They're saying, hey, yeah. the thumb injury is worse than we've been telling people. You're done for the rest of the season. We'll evaluate what we have in Jordan Love. See you next training camp. But, but just, again, th- this this year is exactly what they should have done last week, and they refuse. This has to go back to what they did two weeks ago. Double tight ends, tighter formations, right? And pound the ball and try and get them moving backwards. And yeah, it may not work in the first quarter, but don't give up. Keep trying to run that football and get them on their heels. Make them have to think twice about coming after Rodgers. You come out four wide and him in the shotgun, you're going to get him killed in this football game. You're going to get him killed. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be good. And you cannot put him in that situation. And if Rodgers is smart, he's saying the same thing to Matt LaFleur when they went over the game plan this week. Like, listen here, that front seven is good. They're good. And nothing against my offensive line, but I don't feel real comfortable right now with what's going on. Furthermore, as we've talked about earlier this week, I will be shocked if they don't press at the line of scrimmage, a Watson, a Toure, and see if these guys can get off of the line of scrimmage, you know, to get their downfield, to get their routes. Because that's what this offense is, is timing. So they can't get off the line of scrimmage and they struggle getting off the bump. That's going to be further problems for this Green Bay Packer team. And as you said, I'm not even really sure how healthy Lazard is. He's trying his best. So, so he's out there. But it, I, the only way they win this game, in my opinion, is if they control the clock and they yep. run the football and then they can get one or two big plays out of Watson downfield on play action or Toure downfield on play action. You know, they should probably take – I don't know, three shots a half, maybe. Maybe he takes six shots of 25 or more yards down the field trying to hit that big play throughout. Uh, and then you take your tight ends. When was the last time you saw a tight end going down the middle of the field for 20 yards, 15 yards on a play? When was the last time Rodgers hit a tight end going down the middle? Well, of the field say, I minutes? see it happen all the time when I watch the all 22. I just see Rodgers completely ignore Tunyon or whoever is across the middle, but he's, he's constantly under pressure. He'll pull the ball back and then he'll start looking around, but it's been a while, man. I think they need to get the tight ends involved. I completely agree. And I know Tunyon's so slow right now and he's coming off an ACL. is not. What's up? Yeah, exactly. You, you drafted him in the third round. Use him, man. And they are using him. He's playing playing more snaps. They're just not getting him the ball. And that's just not Paul. Right. Right. And the other thing, that's a great point about uh, Dallas coming out, playing press coverage, trying to knock these receivers off the line of scrimmage. And the other thing is, man, what you said, these pass rushers, we've seen this. We've seen this since week one. Zedarius was so excited to hit Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love him because he talks so much trash on that field. And now guys are getting a little bit of revenge because he doesn't have the weapons. There's no Devontae Adams. He doesn't have the offensive line. Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are a shell of themselves right now. So now teams are able to tee off. You have a Dallas team that wants to play for Mike McCarthy. 
and you have Micah Parsons. I'm a little worried for Rodgers' health, man. I think we might – if things go bad, we could see Jordan Love in the second half. I mean, this really is a game where Quinn doesn't have to blitz at all. I mean, he, no, can, just, he, pressure. he can just drop guys back yeah. uh, and bring five, let's say, and probably still get home to Rodgers in a timely fashion – and give him nothing to look at. And, and that's the problem. Like you, you don't even force teams into having to blitz you at this point because you still can't get them the ball, even when teams are rushing four or five guys. So yeah. it's not even like, okay, they're going to blitz a lot. So we're going to run some screens in this game to keep them off their heels. They don't have to blitz. You don't even have to get to that. And that's no. the, that's the most frustrating thing. Like teams walking to play green Bay and they are not worried about Aaron Rodgers Cause they're not worried about who he's throwing the ball to him them getting open and when they are open him getting them the ball and those are the best defenses man you know like you look at the buffalo bill like some of these teams like they're able to drop extra guys back in coverage because they create that natural pressure they don't have to blitz the teams that blitz like look at miami they're a disaster defensively they blitz so much and then that leaves their corners exposed that's why they're giving up 400 yards per game and Dallas, that's just not the type of defense that they have to play. They get that natural pressure. They have a very good pass rush. I'm actually really surprised because going into the season, I thought that defense was going to regress other than Micah Parsons because last year they led the league or they were second in the league in takeaways. They're even better this year. And Dan Quinn is going to be a head coach here very soon in the National Football League again, yep. or he should because his schemes this season, even better than last year. You know, he's, I, I, I like Kellen Moore. We obviously, we all love the big guy, Mike McCarthy, but Dan Quinn is the reason that that team is, you know, sitting where they're at. Kellen right now. Moore, that to me was McCarthy's biggest mistake. He never should have agreed to take that dude on. But I get why you do. It's the damn Dallas Cowboys, right? Jerry Jones is going to do whatever he needs to do to try and win, even though it never works. But he's going to give you everything you want. You have the best facilities. You have the best amenities. Like, everything is given to you. It's a historic franchise. The star on the helmet. You're in the same conference as the Packers, so you get a little payback there in the playoffs, whatever the case may be. So I get why McCarthy takes it. I just hate that they kind of (laughs) – it appears they forced Kellen Moore onto him. Uh, and I, I would have liked to have seen better what this would have looked like had McCarthy been able to pick his own OC versus kind of giving Kellen Moore. Now, I'm sure McCarthy would say, oh, I'm, I was fine with Kellen Moore. Yeah, bright young mind. I think he's going to be really good. I'm sure he would say all of that, and that's fine. But you still, if you go into position as a manager, let's say, you like having people around you that you can trust. And that's yep. why so often guys bring in their own guys when they get into a managerial role, get rid of some people that may not have done anything wrong, but they just are more comfortable having those two or three people around them that they know that can trust and get the job done. And with McCarthy, you had that whole room full of assistants. I don't think any of those guys are on his staff, by the way. That, I had that whole room full of assistants with him doing all this work in the offseason and everything else and got ESPN in there and all this stuff. Uh, and then he gets his gig, and then he can't even bring everybody he wants to bring. But Quinn, being a head coach, makes sense. Maybe makes sense for the Raiders because yeah. I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to survive to next year at this point. I mean, now you lose Waller to the IR, Renfro to the IR. I mean, they are horrible. And yes. they've got a lot of money spent uh, on that roster, especially on offense. They've got a lot of money spent. And they've done nada with Josh and they, and they traded their first round picks. I mean, I mean, for a 30 year old wide receiver, and I love Devontae. That's why that just never made any sense. It, it, when you think about it, man, Devontae actually screwed over two two teams this year because the Packers, they're they're a 10-11 win team. I know they're not just a wide receiver away because this team has many holes, but if Devontae is with Rodgers still, 
They win 11 games at worst this season. Then he goes to Vegas. This is the worst we've seen from Derek Carr. I've actually always been a Derek Carr apologist, man. He's bad this year, and it's because he's like forcing the ball to Devontae or Devontae's not in the game plan. That offense has been a mess. It all comes down to Josh McDaniels, who should have never had that job. He was terrible in Denver. He screwed over the Colts. That right there, you should never get offered another job, the way that that went down. Then the Raiders hire him. It's crazy because he's this offensive-minded guru, and the offense is a disaster. And then for the Chargers, you know, their head coach is this defensive genius, and the defense has actually regressed since they had Anthony Lynn there. So it's some of these coaching hires are just crazy, man. Jeff Saturday being one. I mean, could you imagine? I can't wait to watch that, though. Jeff Saturday comes in with no coaching experience and wins that game against McDaniels in Vegas? In Vegas? Oh, my God. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan for the Colts is back at practice today. He's back at practice. Yeah. At practice with his shoulders all good now. He's back. And Jeff Sarah says he's here to help us. Oh, help us uh, coach up Sam Ellinger or whatever his name is. You got to be kidding me. Did you see the piece? Right. Did you see the the video by Joe Thomas uh, earlier today? I retweeted it. I forgot what show was ESPN NFL Network. I don't know. One of those football talking shows this morning. And he was talking about uh, what was that guy's name? Chudzinski or whatever his name was, uh, the the coach for Cleveland for like one year or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was his next door neighbor or whatever. And Joe Thomas is like, let me explain to you, like how often this dude got to see his family and his kids. He said during the week, one time a week, he'd I think it was Fridays. He'd pick up his kids from school on, on Fridays. He'd take them to get some ice cream. He'd drop them off at home and go back to the office. That was yep. Fridays. And then on Sundays, on home games, on Sundays after the game, he would drive his kids home and then he'd go back to the office. He goes, that's all he saw of his kids usually during the course of a season. And he goes, and you want to be a coach? And and Joe Thomas's point is is legit. Like, Ursay pretty much demeaning everybody on the coaching staff saying one of the things he loved most about Jeff Saturday was the fact that he had no experience and he wouldn't be scared to do things. I, I, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen the Joe Thomas video, it's amazing. The former Badger offensive tackle and Brown's offensive tackle. Uh, and, and, you know, he said it, it was like one of the worst things he's ever seen. And he was on his, his last two years. He was one in 31 with the Browns. And so yeah, he I did do a lot. He was on good morning football, right? Yeah. This morning. Yeah. yeah. And he said, and that, that, I thought that was hilarious. He said it was the most egregious thing that he could ever remember in the NFL. And he went one yeah. in 31. Is, and that's just insane that he went one in 31, but no, I completely agree, man. I mean, that's a mess. That is a mess in Indianapolis. The scary part, I bet them to win the division, man, thinking that the Titans would fade away and that the sure. Jags would fill a year away and the Texans are a disaster. They bring in Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan, I know he's become the scape. Matt Ryan had a really good year last year with a terrible Atlanta offensive line and no weapons. And that offense that they were running, man, a no huddle, like all those RPOs, he was getting killed. I, there was a game, I think it was week four or week five, I thought he, I watched him die on the field three times. Yeah. So it's, it's easy to blame him. I could, I promise you Sam Ellinger is not the answer. He's not an NFL quarterback. He was fine at Texas. He was a fine college quarterback. He has no business starting in the National Football But again, League. if you're going to put him in there and say he's in there because he's more mobile, then have some designed runs for him to That's use right. throughout the football game if you're going to do that. And instead, they did none of that. And now you got some like we talked about in the last podcast, some 30-some-year-old guy that's yeah. never called plays before, but he's good in analytics and so forth. Listen here, when you call plays, it's about stacking plays to set up future plays. Like there's a whole science to it and a whole reasoning behind why you call plays and the sequence you call plays. And to say that this dude's going to come in 
and be able to do this and get that feel and everything. I mean, I don't know. Who cares? And then you have an inexperienced quarterback. It's not even like it's Matt Ryan, a quarterback who can pretty much run his own offense. Like yeah. you sit over there. I got it. I'll, I'll run the offense today. You just look like you're doing something. I'll take care of it. You don't even have that. That's what they should have done. They should have told Matt Ryan, you call the offense the rest of the year because you're not playing anyhow. You call the offense. You run the offense from over there. And if you end up having a play because Sam goes out, then Park's buddy over there, you know, having his Wendy's, he can yeah. come over and, and he can he can call the plays after that if need be. But that's what they should have done. I never I'm excited. The last thing I'll say on it, I am excited to watch it, though. I'm not. No. Well, you're cold, but you like the team, see? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I mean, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell a Colts fan, hey man, experience doesn't mean anything. Who do you want to coach? Jeff Saturday wouldn't have been on my list. No. Manning would have been on my list. Go get Manning. Give him the reins to the team. Hell, let him take Chris Ballard's job too. He can be GM and coach at this point. Doesn't really matter. McAfee do it. Everything the guy touches right now is gold. Yes, McAfee's yeah, <laughs> not a punter though. I can't let a punter run coach my team i can't do that no. you'd probably you'd, you'd have rogers as your quarterback next year still might have rogers as my quarterback in, next year you might be in a worse spot actually i'm telling you wouldn't surprise me in the least if that happened packers cowboys predictions time only a few minutes left here ryan horvath bet mgm tonight don't forget download this fabulous fabulous podcast curt and long uh and this is where you can do it. apple podcast odyssey spotify google Podcasts, and if you are following along on twitter at sparky radio or at 1250 a.m the fan got an announcement to make during the packer cowboy game on sunday announcement to make Hmm. uh, concerning 1250 coming up on sunday during the packer cowboy game on twitter i'll put it on facebook uh, as well I'm pretty excited, pretty geeked. Ryan knows what it is. I'm pretty excited and pretty geeked about this uh, that we're going to announce. I'm going to have a couple of cocktails when I get off work tonight and spoil it for everybody on Twitter. I'm kidding. I won't do that. You either. better not. You're too far away from me to do anything. You're in D.C. <laughs> uh, all right, Horvath, what do you got? Packers, Cowboys. All right, so last week you predicted a roll-out-the-helmets game and said the Green Bay Packers <laughs> were going to score 42 points. I don't ah. know if they scored 42 points all ah. season, Mark, but you know what? I said, no, they're going to lose to the Lions, and everybody called me crazy. Everybody called me crazy. I said the Lions are a terrible matchup for Green Bay right now. So listen to this. I hit the betting market, and I have placed a pretty large wager on the Green Bay Packers plus five this week. Listen to how bad it's got. Right now in Las Vegas, 34% of the bets – are only on the Green Bay Packers. But luckily, 52% of the money, the smart backers, the professional backers, the professional bettors, they're all betting on the Green Bay Packers. I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to give us hope. And then I think they're probably going to end up losing to the Eagles, losing to Tennessee, and not making the playoffs. But I could just see Rodgers getting up for this game to beat Mike McCarthy. And Matt LaFleur, same thing. He doesn't want to be embarrassed by the former coach who still has a street named after him. Now he comes to Lambeau. I do think that the Packers get up for this game. I think they're going to have to force two to three turnovers, maybe a Dak interception, maybe a fumble on special teams, something fluky like that. Cold weather. Let's 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 hope that we we get some crappy weather so we can. Why? What has Rodgers done in the postseason in cold weather? No, we're not, not talking. Rodgers is remember the game plan. Rodgers, turn around. Handball to Aaron Jones. Sure, right. Handball to A.J. Dillon. That's what it is. Play action across the middle, hit Tunya. I think the Packers win this game 21-17. to I don't know how I could tell you that they're going to win this game because it's a terrible football matchup. They're the worst run defense in the league. They're going against a team that's a top-tie in rushing offense. But I just think that they get it done. I think the Packers somehow win this game. 
I told Ken Barkley earlier this week, go back and listen to that interview, 1250amthefan.com, along with all the other fine interviews. Bill Bender of Sporting News talked to him about this Packer-Cowboy game. That was uh, a lot of fun. Bart Lundy, UW-Milwaukee Panthers head coach, agreed to do something crazy if they make the tournament when he did an interview with me. Go check out that interview. It's a lot of fun. Lots of good interviews. 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey app. I didn't understand when I talked to Ken Barkley earlier this week why the spread was only five. I go on ESPN today and they have their predictions. They have their writers' predictions. And these things are all within five points. All these predictions, five points. Really? And I'm going, you're all losing your damn minds. Like, there is no, you cannot justify to me how this is a five point game. And nonetheless, how they're going to win. But justify how, literally, the Cowboys would have to spit up all over themselves several times. In order to screw this up, maybe they will. Like you said, I was wrong last week, okay? So we'll see if I'll be wrong this week. Cowboys, roll those helmets out. Roll the helmets out. Going to be an ass whooping uh, of the Green Bay Packers this week. That's what I think. Freezing takes, cold, whatever, whatever the hell that website is, fine. Do what you want to do with it. I don't think they have a prayer in this game. I really don't. Just like I don't think they're going to have a prayer against Philadelphia when they face Philadelphia in a couple of weeks. Tennessee, they might. Might have a prayer against Tennessee, but that is Thursday, y'all. That is Thursday. They play 325 on Sunday and have to come back Thursday. And God forbid they lose any more players to injury that can't play on Thursday in a short turnaround. I mean, no way. I, just, I can't believe I, I have to it. watch this team twice in, in five days. Jesus. No, I don't, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I mean, man, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Packers figure out a way to shock the world and do this. But I, in my mind, cannot justify picking them to win this game. And I certainly cannot justify covering five. And I don't gamble, but I, no, I can't justify it. Sorry. All right, he is Ryan Horvath, BetMGM tonight. Check him out on Twitter at Ryan Horvath, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer at Sparky Radio. Again, announcement coming during the Packer game uh, about 12.50 a.m. The fan, a very cool announcement. I'm very excited. Uh, so stay tuned, watching for that from the 12.50 a.m. The fan account and Sparky Radio account coming up on Sunday during the game. And then Thursday, Packers, Tennessee, I'm doing the chat, Ryan Horvath, with BetQL's chat during the game Thursday night. Packers and Titans. See, download the BetQL app. You get it downloaded for free. You don't have to spend a dollar. I'm not asking you to spend a dollar on this thing. You just download it, and then you can chat with me like just on your phone. It's like texting with me without having my phone number. And we just text throughout the game about what's happening in the game. That's all it is. Thursday night, Packers, Titans, don't forget, chat with me on BetQL on Thursday night. All right, that'll do it. Have a good weekend, y'all. Toodles.